Caught for touchdown by Matthew Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks and The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes. yes. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Beaver, I got an echo. echo. (laughs) And it's gone. Just like that. I'm telling you, man. Being a radio host sometimes can go straight to your head. It'll go straight to your head and give you this false sense of, I don't know, like power. Because you can just say something and people react. And they do stuff and they hit a button. All I said was, Beaver, I got an echo. And he's like, boom, fixed it. All I had to do was speak it. Beaver, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes being a radio host can go straight to your head. Yeah, I know. You just really like basically told me, Matt White, why did you just treat me like a dog? You basically <laughs> said, sit, and I sat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sit, Ubu, sit. <clears throat> hey, Beaver. Hey. Good dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks, question mark? Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. And unlike Ron Burgundy, we can't blame that one on somebody typing a question mark into the prompter. Dang it! Who typed a question mark into the prompter? Mm. Oh, another sip of hot coffee here from High Point Roasters in New Albany. I've had way too much coffee. Can you have too much coffee? Don't answer that. I don't think you can. I know I've had a a lot. And here's hoping that the show goes well. As long as Beaver's here, everything's fine. As long as you're here listening to the show, everything will be fine. I appreciate you tuning in. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, and wherever you're listening from, hey to you. Hey to everybody on Facebook watching the uh, live stream. We just started it over there. Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Also, hey to everybody on Periscope Twitter. Twitter! I'm at Radio Wyatt there. We're streaming it. I'm going to get your comments pulled up. Now, as always, on this Friday, hallelujah, you made it to Friday. Uh, It is, I thought yesterday was the most beautiful day weather-wise we've had all year long. I even made the comment on this radio show yesterday. I said, hey, look, it's the prettiest day we've had since last year at some point. And that was accurate. I really believe that. Yet. I think today is even better. It's a little more sunny. The skies are a little more blue, and it's a couple of degrees warmer. Come on with it. And in two hours, I'm going fishing. I don't care what anybody says. So that's what's happening today. Going to enjoy the great outdoors. Hope you're able to do that, too. But keep it tuned in here to the show. A couple of hours with you. Coming up in a few, um, we're going to talk with Matt Stinchcomb. Former University of Georgia All-American offensive lineman, first-round draft pick of the Raiders, played for Chucky the first time out there at the Raiders, played for John Gruden, and now he's a big-time college football analyst on ESPN and the SEC Network, and I'm going to talk with Matt, and I'm going to ask him first about the fishing trip he went on yesterday, and let's see how long that lasts. Maybe that'll take up the whole interview, just talk fishing. So uh, that's coming up. Today was a special day in Major League Baseball at one time or another, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, we should be watching baseball, but we're not. 
and we know the reasons why. But it doesn't mean we can't celebrate some things that have happened in Major League Baseball in years past, and I'm looking forward to that. I had an interesting trip to the grocery store yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure did. It was not your typical trip to the grocery store. No. No, it was not. A first for me, in fact. First time ever something happened. I'm going to tell you what it is, but you're going to have to wait. That's called a tease. Yeah, I think in hour number two, I may touch on the fact that Mike Leach had to apologize, apparently, for something he did on Twitter. I'll tell you the whole timeline of events as far as the way I perceived it. That'll be coming up. And much, much more. We could have college football in January, and I don't mean bowl games. I'll give you those details if you just stay tuned. And the best extra innings tiebreaker suggestion for Major League Baseball I have ever heard. May I repeat that for you? The best Major League Baseball tiebreaker, extra innings, if it goes too long, suggestion that I have ever heard. Well, I say heard. I read it. Okay, so you, you get the point. That I've ever perceived. And, and Beaver, I'm sorry. I gave you the wrong number. Hey, Beaver, can you real quick, what happened when you called that number that I gave you? <laughs> Because it ain't the right one. <laughs> I'm typing it in right now, man. I'm sorry. I have a feeling right now Beaver's cussing me under his breath. That blankety-blank so-and-so sent me a fax number. <laughs> There's a new one, Beaver. I just typed it in. Oh, God. I guarantee you Beaver's going, that's so-and-so. Just gave me a fax number. <laughs> I am so sorry, Beaver. I really am. I, I I just I looked at it wrong in the contact, and Beaver called somebody, and it went. You know how the the fax machine. Does? Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Coming up in just a little bit, <laughs> we'll have my buddy Matt Stenchcomb. I think I just FaceTimed him. What am I doing? I accidentally hit the FaceTime button calling Matt Stenscom on my phone instead of letting Beaver call him. I am, I am foul. It's Friday, y'all. Hey, but I look good. You see my shirt? I got me a new shirt from the Mississippi State University golf course. It's breathable. It's really silky. My daughter was giving me a hug, and she said, oh, and she was <laughs> feeling of it, and she liked the way. It's a great feeling shirt. Thank you from the Mississippi State University Golf Course. It's at Hale State GC on Twitter. Y'all hit them up. Please hit them up. Yeah, coming up in just a bit, we're going to uh, talk with uh, Matt Stenchcomb on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. You're a Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact. That means they've been doing it better longer than everybody else. Right now, an incredible deal or deals going on at Divinity. 90 days, no payments on all Kubota equipment. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. So we're not talking about just mowers. We're talking about construction equipment, tractors, the L-Series tractors, all Kubota equipment. You buy it today. You don't make a payment for 90 days. And to go even farther, you know, there they have Red Max, mowers, 
tools. They have the right standing mowers that you, you know, commercial stuff you stand up on. So listen, you go to you go to uh, Divinity right now. Red Max and Wright, 150 days, no payments. Buy it now, walk out, go use it. You don't make a payment for 150 days on Red Max and Wright. That's at Divinity right now in Jackson and in Madison. Hey to Lynn on Facebook. Hey to everybody who's tuned in over there on the live stream. We're going to get to your comments later. What's up, everybody? On the text line, the country please and text. Y'all send me a text. We're going to get to those. Country please and sausage. The best. Check out my country pleasing hat. See that red hog? That's what it means. All right. With apologies to Beaver in hand for giving him the wrong phone number. Now it is time to flip the switch and we're back on track. Matt Stinchcomb, ESPN SEC Network, former first round pick of the Raiders out of Georgia, where he was an All-American offensive lineman. And now he's on your radio on the Divinity phone as we speak. Matt, uh, I gave my producer Beaver a fax number earlier instead of your correct phone number. And I'm afraid when he called it, he got that weird dial up sound in his ear. Uh, but we got you now. Everything's running smooth. What's up? <laughs> oh man. We lost him. <laughs> hey Beaver, did you hang up on him? No, I know. I guess he he'd had enough of the shenanigans. <laughs> He's like, I ain't doing this. All right, let's try this again. Okay, let's try it again. I'm pretty sure I gave you the correct number this time. Fun show. How y'all doing on a Friday? By the way, the picture here. This is Matt's uh, Twitter avatar, Matt Stinchcomb, and that's him posing with uh, Chewbacca. Chewy Chewbacca from Star Wars. That's what that is. Y'all need to hit him up on Twitter and ask him how he came about that picture. If you follow him on Twitter, he is at mstench79. 79, one of those big offensive lineman numbers. So that was his jersey number. I think he wore 79 in college. I don't know what he wore in the NFL. We don't, we don't keep as close a track on the NFL jersey numbers unless you're a running back or a quarterback, do we? We keep up with them a little more so uh, in college football. It's like Derek Thomas. I can tell you, I was 55. Everybody can tell you, Derek Thomas, even though he was 58 in his Hall of Fame career with the Chiefs, most people in the South, if you go around and ask them, hey, what number did Derek Thomas wear? They say 55. Well, that's because that's what he wore at Alabama. All right, so we still trying? We got him. No, we got him. Matt is back. Matt Stenscombe on your radio. Hey, Matt, you there? I'm here this time. I was here last time. I think I mashed the wrong button. Well, look, you wouldn't believe it. It's not just you. I gave my producer, Beaver, a fax number instead of your correct phone number the first time. He called it up, and he's I'm sure he got some kind of weird dial-up sound in his ear. And then I came to you, and you were like, got. He probably got some of the best commentary I've ever burped <laughs> out when he called that fax line. Well, I do, speaking of commentary, I do have – News for you. Since you let the cat out of the bag that y'all were going fishing, I'm a, I want to ask you about that first. And for all I know, that may take up the entire time. How'd the fishing trip go? <laughs> it went great, man. The whole goal was I'm trying to get my my offspring to uh, get the bug in fishing. Uh -huh. I love it. 
um, and I want them to love it. Uh, I want them to like it. They don't have to love it, but I do want them to like it. Yeah. And so uh, we went. There's a river in North Georgia, the Sequoia River, um, and there's just some pigs up there, just toads. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it went it went pretty good, good. Um, even for a couple of hacks like us and a guy. I don't really know what I'm doing, yeah. But I knew enough to. We hung a few, and um, I actually broke off one, and. I had the little indicator. You could see the indicator. He, the, the, uh, it was a rainbow, big rainbow. Oh. He came back to a hole on the other side of the river from where we were, and it just was taunting me all day long. I was like, God, I got to catch that stinking thing. I cannot <laughs> believe I broke off. And my nine-year-old, soon-to-be ten-year-old son, who I, I wanted to have a great trip, he ended up hanging him, and uh, we landed that joker. Oh, so cool. It was, yeah, man, circle of life. Right there in a stream. That's great. Well, and, you know, that's how God does fishing trips. If you take your young and he's going to make sure he catches that big one and not you. I mean, that's the Lord hey, man. Hey. all over that. <laughs> you know what? And I, I'm, I, you know, we aren't always aligned. My desires aren't always his desires. But yeah. that, time, that was my exact prayer. And, and doggone, if I wasn't uh, within the will of the Lord, that doggone, he was going to catch that fish. And I wasn't. Yeah, and I was thrilled that it worked out that way. Yeah, it was a good trip, man. That's great. That's a, that's really good. I love to hear that. Matt Stench, come on your radio. Former first round pick out of Georgia, now an analyst with the ESPN and the SEC Network. So, speaking of answered prayers, a lot of people in the South, well, around the country, that are praying that football will start in the first weekend in September. What chances do you give it, Matt? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know, man. And and you know what? I'm not well positioned to. I'm sorry, I cut you off there, Matthew. No, you're good. I, I no, please. I don't know, but it's um, we we you know other guys have kind of speculated, or I've heard other people speculating, and the folks that are supposed to be spending all their time, um, and I think they are uh, spending all their time and doing the best that they can in predicting what's going to happen as it pertains to this. Uh, virus and how it's going to impact us, not just in the sports world, but in general. Um, they're having a hard time putting their thumb on the back of this thing's head mm-hmm. as far as figuring out where it's headed. And so, you know, I think um, it's prudent for these programs to be thinking about the various scenarios. Mm-hmm. It would be, I think, uh, you'd be inviting uh, even further calamity if you weren't trying to wrap your head around where we might be headed yeah but to speculate um that many months in advance where we're going to be given how hard it has been to um handicap how this thing is going to run yeah um i just i don't know what good that does you um and i don't know how and so that's a long answer to say i don't know yeah um i really don't know and i and you do think where we are currently it's hard to picture you know somewhere around 100,000 people sitting right on top of each other being a good idea. But we're only a couple of weeks removed from being that, you know, that would absolutely have been the anticipated outcome for the fall, right? A scenario That's that right. we would fully expect and invite. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. I really don't know. And and, and I, I think that we're learning more about this virus every day. I'm very hopeful. I do think this. Um, I think we're going to play football. 
I don't know if we'll start on time. I don't know if it'll be a full season. I don't know if they push it uh, or what accommodations can be made. But I, I do feel really confident that we're going to play football this year. It's just a matter of when it kicks off. I, I wholeheartedly agree. A lot of reasons. They'll play it. It's just a matter of when. Uh, and you're mm-hmm. right. You know, Matt, too, like there's no shame in saying I don't know because for the first time in my lifetime, when a big situation comes up like this, I don't think there's a single person that really knows. This is this is like right. it's it's totally new for the people who have access to the most information. Even they don't know. Right. Yes. Yeah. We're all a bunch of blind men in a dark alley right now. It's just we're kind of feeling our way through this thing. And, mm. um, you know, I don't know what good comes from jumping out ahead of this thing with some guesses, you know, yeah, right. I, I just good or bad. Um, right. I, I do feel like, though, that, um, you know, the expectations that we're going to play college football and as dire as this thing has, has felt and, and is, and is um, I still think we've got a really good shot of playing ball this year, some form or fashion. Yep. Matt Stenscombe on your radio right now. Uh, Matt, from your perspective, player's perspective, how much lead-up time, we're talking lifting, running, and practice, in your mind do players have to have before they can go play a ball game? <laughs> well... Play a ball game or play a ball game well. Yeah, right. Well, that's it. A uh, good qualifier there, yeah. It's, you know, yeah. if you think like spring ball, for example, which, you know, we'll put a lot of weight on spring ball. It's fun. It's a fun time of year. You know, the weather's getting a little bit warmer. We're itching to talk about football. So we make a big deal out of these spring games. But, and, and you and I have probably talked about this, and um, I'm trying to think if I've ever done a spring game at Mississippi State. But I don't think you have. Um, they're about, you know, in my estimation, they're about the worst uh, barometer for how good a team is or isn't going to be. The game mm. itself. Now, mm. practice is a different story, but the game itself, I think, my gosh, this is a bad practice is what it is. Yeah. Um, but but we still put together a game, and those practices, you're not usually practicing back-to-back days, and, you know, you stagger them, and some teams have helmets and shorts, and others play full pads for a couple days in a row. I don't think it takes that long. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Now, you're trying to – it depends on what your roster looks like. depends on, you know, how veteran your guys are. Um, you know, is your coaching staff intact from the previous year, which, as we know, Mississippi State, that wouldn't be the case. Um, a place like Georgia, for example, they've got a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback, or what they think will be a new internet quarterback with the Newman kid coming over from Wake Forest. You know, how quickly can you implement a new offensive system with a new quarterback, a right. new play caller, and the whole nine – uh, and look good on a Saturday. Mm, I think it takes a little bit longer than a spring practice is worth the time. But for the rest of it, you, know, you can you can roll 22 out there, put a football down, and tell them go get after it. And I think it'll be ugly ball, but it'll be ball. Yeah. And I don't know that it's you know the, the big and first concern would be player safety. Yeah. You know, right. are these guys conditioned to go out there and try to compete at a high level? Um, and some of these kids are projecting to play at the next level and that sort of thing. You don't want to compromise what it might look like for them uh, as that projects to you know NFL aspirations. But could they play ball? You know, you give them three weeks, 
go out there, play a football game. It'll be ugly. It's about like it is in the pros. Yeah. You play a preseason game. The first preseason game, oh, pretty Lord. ugly. Yeah, that Hall but, of Fame game is you know, it, that Hall of Fame game is oh the worst God. game we watch every year, and <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> and you're thinking, and, and you're sitting at home going, "These guys are professional. Yeah, but they get paid. This is their job." Hey, and by the time well, they show, but, by the time they show that game on TV, I'm so happy to be watching it. I don't even care. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. And so and we'll be the same way. We'll be, yeah, I mean, we'll be by then. We could be so starved for yeah, sports, man. That's right. that, um, even bad ball is good ball. But all that to say, I, and I'm not kidding, two and a half weeks, three mm-hmm. weeks, get out there, play ball. All and right. There's a lot of So that's doable. I like it. I like it. Matt, I really appreciate it. It's a Friday. You went fishing. I know you got fish on the brain, but you've given me a few minutes of your time. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. <laughs> Brother, here when we get off, I'm gonna have to call you. I've seen some of these big mossy bass you're pulling out of the pond. Yeah, buddy, I got those fish trained, man. I can't catch a live a a wild bass, but I can catch those trained ones. The tug is the drug. I don't care if they're trained or wild. Yes, the tug is the drug. See you, Matt. Thank you. See you, man. If y'all don't remember anything else from this show. Just remember this, the tug (laughs) is the drug. Hey, hey, welcome back on the show. Rolling along with you here on a Friday, a free-for-all Friday. So y'all hit me up. Whatever you want to talk about is fine with me. I'd love to hear it. Love to chat it up with you. Don't care. Looking forward to going fishing this afternoon. Like Matt Stinchcomb said, the tug is the drug. (laughs) That's great. I enjoyed that. Hope you did as well. You can be like Matt. Your voice can be heard on the radio. Just give me a call on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison, And in Jackson, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Also, shoot me a text free on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 also, 885-ESPN. Text away. If you need the number, it's 885-3776. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. I tweeted out a picture of the package of Cajun smoked sausage from Country Pleasing that I started. I opened that package, new flavor going through it. Love it. I love it the way it makes my house smell when I cook <laughs> cook it in there for breakfast. And then Lynn, I think it was Lynn on Facebook. Now, if I'm giving it to the Wrong person, y'all let me know. But I think it was Lynn on Facebook who commented and said, hey, what what do you eat it with? You know, you're putting it on a biscuit, and then how much of it are you eating, like in terms of a serving? Right, because I'm losing all this weight, right? So pretty much breakfast routine every day is I drink coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany. I, I run it through a French press, so I grind it up, put the grounds in there, pour boiling water in, and then press it. I like it that way. And then I have what is essentially two servings 
of sausage. So it's cutting off a section that is somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three inches long. And then I slice that up and I put it in the frying pan. Just cook it in the frying pan, you know. And generally, I'll just eat that or eat it with either one or two fried eggs, depending on what I'm going to be eating the rest of the day. But that's about it. I don't eat too, uh, a whole lot. I'd like to. Yesterday, though, I will tell you, I had country pleasing sausage for breakfast, and then I ate it again for lunch <laughs> just because I wanted it. I like the way when I cook country pleasing sausage in the house, it makes the whole house smell like Cracker Barrel. I don't know how to explain that to you, but I think you get it. You get it, the picture in your mind's eye, which is what I'm here for, just to put pictures in your mind's eye. All right. I talked about what a beautiful day it is outside. I'm in North Mississippi. I'm telling you, I have never seen a more pretty day, a prettier day. I shouldn't have said more pretty. Y'all don't call me. I'm sorry. I realized that was incorrect. I've never seen a prettier day than the one I'm looking at right now outside the window here at the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. But Ed texts the show and he said it's raining in Yazoo. Now, to me, that sounds like a title for the next John Grisham book. It's raining in Yazoo. The next text I got was from the real unnamed texter. He heard the inauspicious start to the show. It's all my fault. And he texts, what's in that coffee? (laughs) Now, that sounds like... uh, a great title for a book written by, I don't know, like a Louis Grizzard. What's in that coffee? <laughs> you know what it ought to be the title of? You know what that phrase right there, unnamed texture, you know what that, that ought to be the title of the book that I'm going to write, collecting and chronicling the stories of great announcers in SEC football over the years who've dealt with coaches. Because one great story is of Bob Neal, Dave Neal's dad, who used to do games for the SEC, how he and his partner Tim Foley once had a post-practice meeting in Pat Dye's office at Auburn. And Pat Dye said, you want your coffee fixed? They were thinking, you know, cream, sugar. Yeah. So they get their coffee, took one sip, and realized that fixed Coffee was something totally different, according to Pat Dye. When Pat Dye says you want your coffee fixed, it meant, do you want Jack Daniels in it? (laughs) The title of the book will be, what's in that coffee? (laughs) Gator Nation. Uh, What's this? I need to laugh. I'm bored. So I get. A too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. We used to have that on the soundboard over there somewhere. Nick says jalapeno in that cabbage is on point. You tried it? Nick, you tried it? You put the jalapeno and cheddar, country-pleasing sausage, and cooked it with cabbage. Come on with it. The Joker on the country pleasing text line says the B uh, for, Oh, okay. All right. So this is for him. I see again, I didn't preview. I was just going to read it. I caught it. I caught it before it made it on the air. Got it. 
All right, Josh on Facebook says, Hey, Matt, do you have any details on Kylan Hill putting his name in the portal? Huh? I hadn't heard that. I think that might just be a rumor. I hadn't heard it. Josh also said it's very pretty in Pearl. So it's beautiful up here. It's beautiful in Pearl. But according to the text line, it's raining in Yazoo. Lynn says, I was told it was done on April Fool's Day as a joke. What was? Now, oh, 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 he's, okay, he's replying to Josh. Lynn is telling Josh that Kylan Hill putting his name in the transfer portal was on April Fool's Day and it was done as a joke. Okay, that seems more likely. That seems more like a plausible scenario. All right, look up. Look, heads up. Look here. Look here. Let me see your eyes. It's April the 3rd here on Friday, April the 3rd. And something really cool happened on this day in Major League Baseball. Y'all want to hear it? We are going back to 1989. It's going to make us all feel old. We realize this happened in, all the way back in 1989. In his first Major League at bat, Mariners center fielder Ken Griffey Jr. doubled off of Oakland's Dave Stewart, World Series hero. The 19-year-old Ken Griffey Jr., son of active major leaguer at the time, playing with the Reds, established himself as one of the game's superstars. He retired in 2010, his first major league hit, in his first at-bat on this day back in 89. There's a drive into the gap in left center field and deep left center field, and Henderson's not going to get to it. It's off the base of the wall, and Griffey to second base in his first major league at bat, a ringing double off the 375 marker, and we have seen that all spring. Welcome to the show, Ken Griffey Jr. Ooh-wee. Man, what a career. What a swing. 19 years old, first at bat, double in the gap. Grew up the son of a major leaguer, was not starstruck in the least. Big things early, big things throughout his career. Man, what would you give to watch him take another at bat? You talk about a confident-looking rascal in the left-handed batter's box. Well, let's see. I got some more. Also, also, on this day, four years after that, on this day in 1993, Chris Weber called a timeout he didn't have. Long, a two to tie. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he causes too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't have any. He got by with a walk, and Jimmy calls a technical. He calls a timeout. He doesn't realize that's Michigan's too many. And so it'll be a technical foul. North Carolina shooting and the ball. A huge mental mistake. Hey, and I'm glad to know I'm not the only announcer that every now and then tells everybody what the referees didn't call. (laughs) I mean, the most famous uh, technical foul timeout because you didn't have one ever in the history of basketball. It happened on this day in 93. On this day... Seven years later, in 2000, Andres Galarraga had cancer, left baseball, feared for his life, fought his way back, and on his return, 
on opening day for the Atlanta Braves. You think that Galarraga got some ovations earlier? Listen to this one. If he gets a base hit here, or even better, if he were to hit one out of here, it would be noise pollution. It would be so loud. The one and no pitch coming. Get high and deep to left. Back goes Hammond. Warning track. Roll. Gone. Oh, no, he did it. Don Sutton. What a great call that was from Don Sutton. Very underrated. Okay. In regards to the fishing conversation earlier with Matt Stinchcomb, too, I want you all to check out my Twitter feed because uh, I sent a tweet out there that said, hey, it's all downhill from here when he said uh, the tug is the drug. That's kind of the high moment of the show. And he just sent us the picture of that huge rainbow trout that his son caught yesterday. You talk about a beautiful scene Knee-high, crystal-clear, moving water in a creek somewhere in Georgia. And a great big rainbow. What a memory. The sun is shining, y'all. Get out there and enjoy it. But keep it tuned right here. We'll be right back. On the show. Beaver, I need your opinion on something here. I just sort of, at the end of the last segment, I sort of threw it out there. I said, it is a beautiful day outside. Get out there in sunshine and get out there and enjoy it. Was that horrible advice given that we are under a shelter-in-place order? No, you can walk around your neighborhood. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking. You know, I don't want somebody to take it the wrong way. It didn't set off alarms in your head, I guess is what you're saying when I said that. No, like don't. Yeah, no, it's fine. Walk around your neighborhood. Don't get out and walk around Walmart or Kroger. Stay away from those people. But by yourself in your neighborhood, perfectly fine, Matt. The only offense I would take, though, is if you're telling people what a beautiful day it is outside, but maybe in their city it's actually <laughs> raining. They're yeah, like, why didn't Matt Wyatt just lie to me? I know. It's raining in Yazoo. It's like I said, be a great John Grisham book title. It's raining in Yazoo. Like, ooh, I bet this has to do with lawyers and sleazy politicians. <laughs> Isn't that the connotation with a John Grisham book? <clears throat> okay. I am so glad that Squirrel is on the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment in Madison and Jackson, because I've been looking for a reason to hit this button over here. Do you know the words to the Alabama fight song, Squirrel, Tell the Truth? Why Why would I, Matt? I'm a sidewalk alumni. Why would I know the words? <laughs> but, but, my, but, 
but hey, but if it makes you feel better, I paid two years out of state tuition for my son to go there. He went two years there and two years at Ole Miss. So there you go. Uh, he got half his education there. So I, you know, I, I'm semi qualified. You put but in no, your dues. You put in your dues. I didn't call sure. to talk about Alabama, but I, I'll tell you a quick story. You'll appreciate this. I grew up just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, and as a kid in junior high school, me and my buddies sold coats at Nayland Stadium and uh, during the Commerce Holloway years. And one one year, they left the concession people in, you know, an hour or so before they left the regular people in the, in the stands. And the Bama team came in and, and walked the field with their suits and ties on before they went and put the uniforms on. And uh, the bear was literally leaning up against the goalpost by himself. And, dude, I was over that fence and on him like white on right. <laughs> and uh, I had about five minutes just me and him. And uh, he autographed my little card that I used to get in. And uh, it was I was already a Bama fan, but that took me from that point that on. That sealed and, it. Uh, That's and like great. I said, I, I, dreamed of play, I dreamed of playing for him. I was lucky enough to play for a, a 1AA school. And, um, and, and so I got to dip my toe in, in college football. But I, I, looking back on it, I wish I had walked on. At Alabama versus getting a scholarship at a double A school. Yeah, because but, you'd be a, if you if you'd done that, you'd be a wealthy banker in Alabama right now. Well, I at least have some rings, you know what I mean? Because they <laughs> yeah. a little streak right there in the late seventies. So that's right. Uh, I would I would have been a, I would have been a tackling dummy to have gotten a ring. <laughs> but look, I didn't call to talk about that, man. But I am so honored to talk to you. Um, and if you recall, I called a couple weeks ago. And we, we were talking about movies, and I mentioned some of the old Tarzan movies being filled at Silver Yes. Queen. Well, I was a little casual when I got on the air, and that's why I want to apologize to you, because I actually, and I'm embarrassed to say this, I was walking through the kitchen, I thought I was talking to Chris Brooks. Oh, really? Um, I see. You I didn't it was know it was you until I got off the air. I would have been more starstruck <laughs> if, if I'd known it was you. And uh, Your call so today why- is overloaded with sarcasm squirrel from start no, to finish not. no man why i know I'm, i know who i mean you're famous you know chris <laughs> i just met four or five times and i've talked to him four or five times but but you were famous too so again if i'd known i was talking to matt wyatt i would have mm. been more uh appreciative but you'd acted better well you just would have been i would have been on, on better terms well right? so uh squirrel again, you, you just that. remember that the next time you call <laughs> Oh, I, I will. But ironically, I had wanted to talk to you anyway because I had sent you a text uh, previous to that, and then you referred to me as a fine bomb butt kisser. And I thought that would be a good topic of discussion one day. Why well, do you feel shoot, that I shouldn't have said that. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, like I said, I enjoy calling and talking to the old dude, but uh, uh, he and I disagree many times, and he's gotten very upset at me at times. He, he screamed at me. He screamed at me one time so loud he said his voice hurt for three days. So uh, <laughs> he didn't so scream at a lot of people. I, I, you really had no, to do something. It was a couple years ago. You know, it was a couple years ago, and uh, I can't even remember what it was about now. Uh, that's how <laughs> it obviously how, meant more to him how, than it did to you. You don't even remember yeah, well, what it was. You know, you know well, sometimes he, he gets he acts that way on purpose. You know mm, what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he generates drama. You know, what I'm he is a genius. And I had said something that opened the door to that, and so I set myself up. So you know, I deserved everything I got. But the, the cool thing about him is that you can piss him off one day, and you call back the next day, and he's wiped the slate clean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that, that's one one thing I will say about the old 
Well, look, I really appreciate you taking my call. And, Thanks, uh, I wanted to talk to you about that. And, uh, <laughs> take care, stay safe, and uh, aloha. Aloha. That's enough. Good old squirrel dripping with sarcasm today in his phone call. Said I called him a fine bomb butt kisser. <laughs> but did you notice something, Beaver, about that? Did you notice something? What's that? Squirrel called to remind me that I called him a fine bomb butt kisser and then proceeded to tell me how he called one time to Feinbaum and made him so mad that Feinbaum screamed at him and lost his voice for three days or whatever, or, or his throat there, because he wanted us to know that he's got some street cred and he's not just a Feinbaum butt kisser. He still wanted to call and explain himself. <laughs> yeah, he did. You ever heard that phrase, the bit dog barks? Meaning... He who smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> you know that one I'm more familiar with. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. <clears throat> now, I, here's a question, though. Why did he think you were Chris one day? Yeah, he's just saying that. Oh. oh. It's supposed to be funny. I don't know that it was really funny, but <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be. I, I'm telling you, I'd be okay with people mistaking me for Chris. We're both bald. Chris is very... Like in shape and muscular, people that have never seen Chris, he's it's pretty incredible. Chris Brooks's calf workouts must be f not for the faint of heart. He may not work out any other part of his body but his calf muscles. What is the deal with his calves, Beaver? I know you've noticed it. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen his workout before, actually. Oh, you watched him work out? Yeah. Does it involve calf raises? It does. Do you know? Okay. Are you familiar with donkey raises? Uh, No. Okay. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger used to do these with girls sitting on his back. <laughs> so he would kind of lean over and the girls would sit on his back and he would prop his uh, leg up on the machine and huh. just raise his calves with those girls on his back. Okay. And what Chris Brooks did the one day I saw him, this, I assume he did, he does this every day or maybe it was just for show, but he had his wife and three kids sitting on his back and he was raising his calves. Really? Are you serious? Sitting on his back. Hold on a minute. His wife and three kids. How does wife and three kids all get on his back? Apparently, calves are not only his strong point, but also he's got a, a solid back. I am absolutely speechless. Yeah. Hey, but I am not surprised. Not surprised. Dude works out his calves now. Ain't no doubt. And has for a long time. I have those hey, skinny calves. Always have. People look at my calves and go, well, he must be fast. He's got those skinny calves. Nope. Nope, not fast. <laughs> Didn't get that either. I interrupted you. What were you saying, Beaver? Oh, I was just going to say, hey, Matt. Yeah. I just made all that up. <laughs> you made all that up? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, donkey raises are a real thing. Arnold Arnold did used to do that, but now, I, I can't see Chris Brooks. And now that. I've got all kinds of questions. <laughs> We're going to have to start backtracking now. Beaver's just making everything. He's pulling my strings here on the radio. I'm sure off the air, Beaver's like, hey, you'll never guess what I got Matt to believe today. Okay, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> Squez <clears throat> on the Country Pleasing text line says, it was also pretty cool when Jason Hayward hit a bomb his first ever at bat and then did the same thing his first at bat the next year for the Atlanta Bravos. Yes, sir. Hey, here's another one for you, Squez. You want some more of that? On this day in 2002, Barry Bonds hit his fourth home run in just the second game of the year. Do the math Bring on that. The pitch to Bonds, and Bonds is hitting 309 with 17 hits and seven home runs. 16. Whoops, he's done it again. I mean, it's a joke. Holy mackerel. The Bonds hits two more. And the Giants lead five to nothing and so much for bringing in the left hand. Yeah. So much for bringing in lefty to face Bonds. Gone. Hour two coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 